If you've got your Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 today. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for your anointing, for the Holy Spirit who is our teacher, who is our helper. He's our guide. He leads us into all the truth, leads us into the way that we should go, shows us things to come. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your spirit doing a mighty work in us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. 20, verse 3 says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. And so we've been discussing with you for the last month or so uh, this subject, no other gods. We've been talking about idol worship, talking about not having any other gods, even though we found from the beginning there really aren't any other gods. Uh, but people have exalted things and people and activities and different things into the place of God, and that's a big hindrance if you really want to walk with God. He doesn't want any substitutes in the way. And um, like we said before, I recognize that not there's probably 0% of the people here today watching me uh, and listening to this that have a real struggle with idols the way they did in the sense of setting up little statues and bowing down to them and so forth. Really not a strong temptation in our society and culture. However, there are other things that people get involved with that do, um, get, in, get, or do, do get in the way of their relationship with God and do need to be removed. And you might recall that last week we began speaking to you about uh, specifics and talking about isms. And the first one we dealt with uh, last week was materialism, right? And we talked about covetousness and how, how when a person allows the love of money to rule in their hearts, it really ends up piercing them through with many sorrows. And some actually leave God because of their pursuit of material things. Although God wants you and I all to prosper, wants you to have more than enough and be blessed going in and blessed going out, uh, we still must realize that money and material things have an ability, if we don't watch out, to get a, a hook on us. And so we've got to keep our guard up and not let ourselves fall in love with material things and become overwhelmed with that. Uh, today I want to get into some more, and, I, and so let's turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, again looking at things that are very, very relevant in our day, in our society, in our time, today I want to deal with something that's a little bit different than probably you've ever heard from this pulpit, uh, but here we go. Everybody keep an open heart and an open mind, and uh, we'll have fun. If you don't, if you don't, you won't. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. W what does that mean, they'll depart from the faith? That means they were in the faith and they left the faith. Well, why in the world would someone do that? I mean, someone knows the Lord, they're in the faith and they leave. That doesn't make any sense at all. Well, here's how it happens. It says, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. In other words, they don't leave the faith intentionally thinking, 
I'm just leaving God. I'm fed up with the Lord. I'm out of here. No, they think they're doing the right thing. And as they're on their walk with God, they get off. And they think they're still walking with the Lord. They still think they're still serving Him and, uh, and following Him. But they've believed something false. That's how deception works. Deception works like this. You don't know you're being deceived. You don't know you're doing the wrong thing. You think you're doing the right thing. But in reality, you're getting away from God when you think you're walking with the Lord. That's how some depart from the faith. Typically not intentional. All right. But what happens? They give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Do demons have doctrine? Demons have doctrine. They're specifically set out belief systems that are wrong, that are contrary to the nature, ways, and life of God and they can be very deceptive. Otherwise, people wouldn't fall for them, right? That's how, that's how that, that kind of stuff works. He lists a couple of them here, but he goes on in verse 2 to say, and says, speaking lies in hypocrisy. In other words, there are people who are lying and they know they are. They're hypocrites. They're, they're, they're deceiving people. They're lying to people. They know they're telling the wrong thing, but they're doing it anyway. Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And so here he lists a couple of the doctrines of demons, how it, you know how people are forbid, forbidden to marry and told they can't eat food, certain foods and so forth like that. This is not, though, an exhaustive list of all doctrines of demons. We certainly understand that. Uh, there are many, many things that could fall in this category. And there is uh, a revival, it seems, in each generation of some of the same old lies. The same old devilish doctrines come up with a fresh coat of paint on them and people fall for them again thinking this is something new or even sometimes this is a revelation. This was what God is doing today when it's just a doctrine of devils, demons that has been repackaged to look like something different. And so we must be aware and never ever dismiss the notion that uh, that we potentially could be deceived and follow a wrong path if it were not possible this would not be written to us we would not be warned if it weren't possible for us to go down the wrong path and believe things that are quote very believable again that's how deception works it sounds good it makes a lot of sense and if you can get a group uh you get a lot of people there and you think, well, everybody believes that. Everybody's doing that. How many know everybody's not always right? Ask Noah. <laughs> he wasn't exactly, 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 exactly the most popular person in town. <laughs> he was the kook, right? Building, a, you know, building a, an ark when it had never rained before in the history of the planet. A- anyway... Uh, Anyway, like I said, this is not an exhaustive list, but a lot of things in the past crop up with a new face, like I said. One of the things that have, we read about in the New Testament is goddess worship. Ever read about goddess worship? Like, like those in Ephesus worship Diana of the, Diana of the Ephesians. And uh, what about goddess worship today? Does that play out in our society? Has a new face... New coat of paint, and here it is again. 
All right. What are we talking about? Well, have you ever heard people talk about Mother Earth? You ever hear people talk about Mother Nature? What is that? I'm telling you, those thoughts are directly contrary to truth. Directly contrary and even assaulting to the Father, who is the creator of all, who is the creator of heaven and earth. And people dismiss God's role and his part by referring to earth as mom or nature, mother nature. Those type of things really shouldn't be in the language of a Christian. All right. Let's speak the truth and let's talk about what we know and not um, let ourselves go back into this really guttural type of, of belief system. And a lot of things in the past have gone back to the earth. False gods and goddess worship goes back to the earth and people worshiping the planet. Is there any planet worship happening today? Scripturally speaking now, it's called creation worship. And that is something that has been revived and is alive and well in our day. And we must, as believers, not be gullible and we must recognize how these things uh, play out in our lives. Now, in in the book of Acts, you don't need to turn to this one. I do want you to turn to Romans 1 here in a, in a moment. Go whenever you want. Uh, but in Acts 19, the scripture speaks about uh, a man named Demetrius who was a silversmith. And uh, he was making shrines of Diana. Remember Diana of the Ephesians. And, and of course, in their time, they were very much opposed to, the, to Christianity, to the gospel of the Lord Jesus in part because it affected their business. These guys, he, he talked about how they received their prosperity and they were making a lot of money by their craft or their trade as uh, in, in making these, uh, basically making these idols for the people. And if Paul came in here preaching that, Miss, you know, this Miss Diana, uh, she's not really a god. And uh, there is only one God, maker of heaven and earth. And he started preaching the gospel of salvation. How many know people don't want to buy the little statues anymore? They're not wanting to buy stuff. And so his prosperity, his way of living is going down the tubes. And so he would fight against it, not because it was true, not because Diana changed his heart, not because he was just so in love and, and had a great relationship with Diana of the Ephesians. No, because that's how he made money. Do you think any of that exists today? Where people are promoting certain beliefs, certain ways of life, promoting even the planet, because they are being financed by that. And if a lot of people believe it, and if a lot of people follow that, literally there are millions and millions and millions of dollars in that industry today. People are getting very wealthy off promoting hysteria. Getting very wealthy off promoting uh, some of these beliefs that really go back to planet worship or, or, or uh, earth worship. Um, it's interesting. But what I'm talking about here today, you probably already have seen where we're going. We're, we're going to get into it from the word though. Uh, we talked about materialism. This is my next ism. It's called environmentalism. Environmentalism. What is that? It's the worship of creation over the creator. The worship of creation over the creator. There's a, there's a strong emphasis in our day about, uh, about being green. 
right? And uh, oftentimes, those who promote this are not everybody, but they are. They can be very condemning towards those who aren't green enough. And people are made to feel like a sub culture, like a substandard human being, if you know they're driving an SUV, or they're you know they're putting out too much CO2 in some uh, manner of their life. Uh, you know, I was um, I was I was online renting a car recently. And uh, at the end of my car rental page there, it wanted to give me the option, and it was an option at this point, thank God, but many don't want it to be an option. They want it to be a tax, which is, of course, what we need, more taxes, <laughs> right? We're not being taxed near enough. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but it was giving me the option to offset my driving their car by giving some money. Do you want to purchase a carbon credit? I think there's something like that was the language. To offset, you know, you drive our car, exhaust is coming out. Do you want to pay for that exhaust? Mm, I'm thinking, no. <laughs> In other words, what the thought is, is that if I burn some oil, then I should, of course pay someone to plant a tree, you know, and I'm all for trees, I like trees, Uh, more the better, (laughs) especially around here, Uh, but of course this thing, this stuff is becoming really big, and again, a lot of people are being condemned and looked down upon if they're not the right color, I'm talking about green, green enough, this is uh, earth worship. Now, stay with me if you have a different idea about this, because I'll stay with you. You stay with me. I'll do the talking, though. (laughs) The Bible Bible calls it uh, creation worship. Let's look at Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to get a lot of answers from the Word of God here today, so we don't have to talk about what's your opinion, what's my opinion, and all that kind of stuff. We'll get straight from the Word. Then you can decide, am I going with the Bible or am I not? That that sounds fair. seems fair to me. Uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 18 just so we know that this exists. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen by uh, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever amen And so we can see going all the way back to Bible times and days, there were people who were, by revelation of God, worshiping and serving creation over the Creator. 
That same spirit that motivated and prompted them to do that then is still here today. And what does that look like when a person worships or serves the earth? I bet it looks different in different generations. And we must recognize how that spirit works in our day and in our society. Because it is the same doctrine of demons. Hold on to your seat. It's interesting to note here that creation worship and body defilement go together. And if you keep reading in the chapter here, you find a lot of talk about sexual perversion. Have those things had any parallel in our day? Creation worship and body defilement. They've both come to rise at the exact same time. Why? Same spirit behind it. These things are not so just natural like many times people want to naturally explain everything away but it is being taught today that we are to serve creation we are to serve the creation and that's exactly what the scripture talked about here they served and worshiped creation rather than the creator but are we taught in the word to save the planet are we given scriptural guidelines that we as God's children, God's people are to save the planet. Well, it seems to me uh, that there are some today who would be very happy, wouldn't hardly bat an eye, if, if they had to sacrifice all of us in order to save the earth, they would do it. I mean, is that just out there or what? I mean, is that so far away from normal thinking? But it's true. You you watch movies these days. And you realize movies are written by human beings (laughs) who think a certain way. And oftentimes they can be very entertaining. But many of them are also trying to promote a way of thinking. But if you watch movies, there's a lot of movies about this nowadays where these evil human beings, people are bad. Human beings are evil and they're hurting Mother Earth. They're hurting the planet. So what should we do? We should wipe off the people so the planet can survive. We need to recognize how far away from the heart of God that is. The planet was created for you. It was created for me. It is here to serve us. It is not here for me to serve it. This is the way that God created these things. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1. And again, I have a lot of thoughts and comments on current happenings of our day. But I also recognize that a lot of them are debatable. Therefore, we're going to use the Bible. And when something is clearly stated in the Word at least for the believer, it's not debatable. We can talk about my opinion and your opinion, and I'm happy to do so. All right? I I enjoy it. 
You know, we can talk about the latest study and the latest thing here. And fine, I'll be happy to do that. But our time together here now is more valuable than us just throwing opinions around. And if I throw an opinion out there, I may. I'll try to clarify so you can recognize. But when we come to the Word of God, let's believe it. Let's accept God's Word as final authority in our lives. And that will help us tremendously. Genesis 1, verse 28. 1, 28. God blessed them. Them who? Them, Adam and Eve. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. What are we supposed to do with the earth? We are supposed to subdue it. Are we supposed to save it? Or are we supposed to subdue it? It is here for us to conquer. It is here for us to take hold of and take charge of. It is here for us to use. God created it for our benefit. Amen. The earth was created so you and I would have a nice place to live and have all the resources necessary to sustain the human race for the time that God had planned that we would be here on the earth. Amen. Someone said, what about, you know, the, re- the resources of the earth? The, the, you know, the metals and the oil and the vegetation and all this kind of stuff. What about that? We should use it all up. Milk it dry. We are to find every bit of gold and put it on. <laughs> right ladies <laughs> hang it from your ears <laughs> wear it around your the resources here are for us well, what about oil we should suck it all out of the ground every last drop put it in our cars or whatever else it's used for until it's all gone say really what are we going to do then We'll figure something out. <laughs> and not only that, oil and the internal combustion engine is not the only means of transportation that God has in His mind. There are way, other ways. There are better ways. There are cleaner ways. Less polluting. That's not really that's something I of, have of great concern. This is what we do now. We should use it up. If you have an apple in the refrigerator, do you open it up and you look at that apple and think, there's only one left. I better save it. <laughs> no, let that apple serve its divine purpose for being. Amen. To tantalize your taste buds and make your stomach feel satisfied. Eat the apple. Don't save it. Use it for its purpose. It's there for a reason. We are supposed to use the resources of the earth. Again, why? Because God created the earth to serve us. Not the other way around. He created us to serve the planet. We're here just to take care of the planet. 
No, we're here because God takes pleasure in us. He delights in you. And when you're prospering, then how many know the Bible says that God takes pleasure in that? He delights when you're doing well. So he put more than enough of all the stuff we would need. And how many know technology is really cruising these days? Over the last hundred years, and and who knows if we're here long enough where we're going to be. I mean, uh, you know, I've been 2000, year 2000, we were supposed to have flying cars, but that... But I don't know, 100 years from now, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, uh, but I know that God knows a lot, and He's going to increase our knowledge. And we should. There, there are better ways to do things and cleaner ways. I think, I mean, who in the world likes smog? I don't like that. Who in the world likes trash around and all that? That's, I'm not for that at all. That's, that, that's not right. That's not good. Not anything I'm interested in. But it's not something where I'm going to throw my whole life over to... Uh, where I'm just on the edge of kind of worshiping the planet, and it's a slippery slope. People get on some of these bandwagons. Before you know it, they're kind of ticked off at everybody else and making everyone else feel bad because they're not doing enough. And it gets into this place, and I'm telling you, there are spirits involved. There are spirits involved to get people with their focus off of God, off of His people, and onto the planet. And it's the same old trick that's gone on shows up in various forms all through history of people worshiping mother earth here's another thought concerning this how many know with a lot of this well what about global warming how many know when it comes to that subject there's a lot of different opinions i personally have read a lot of stuff i'm not a scientist who studies the raw data and looks at all these things. and um, But I, I've read articles on both sides of the issue. And one thing I can tell you for certain is that there is no consensus. There is not a that's something that everybody agrees on. There are a lot of people that believe that the earth is warming. The globe is warming. There are a lot of other people who say it's cooling. Serious. I mean, because I've read some things. Some say that the warming trend stopped 10 years ago, and we're in a cooling trend now. And I understand, I was pretty young in the early 70s, but I understand there was a hysteria over global cooling in the 70s. Some of you may remember that. I just, I remember it more from reading articles talking about it. Cooling, warming, cooling, warming. What are we going to do? I know this, I'm not going to give the same credibility that I do to all the reporting that I am going to give to the Word of God. Plus, I know that some are in it, not all, some are in it for the money. Absolutely. We're dealing with human beings here. Some are making a fortune on this. I think it got stuffed in the so-called stimulus bill, too. (laughs) Hundreds of millions of dollars for this stuff. Wow. Thank you, Congress. Uh, but here we are. So what do we do? What do we do, do with the whole warming stuff and all that? I know this: God does not lead us through fear. And if you really listen to some of it, the catastrophic fears of everything falling apart 
that's the motivation. The motivation is fear. It's not the Lord leading us through peace and comfort and hope, which the way is the way that He does. It's panic, man. Freak out. We gotta change. We gotta change now. You better get rid of your SUV, or you're not gonna have any food tomorrow. You know, and that might be a little extreme, but some of it is is that way. We're gonna have a water world, and we're living on water, you know houseboats, and uh, because of the polar caps melting, and and. Uh, The climate is going to change so much we won't be able to grow crops. And uh, so there won't be any food. And and some predict, you know, huge percentages of the population is going to die off because of this. Let me tell you, it's not going to happen. It absolutely is not going to happen. For one, again, understand that's not God. That's not how he leads us. He's not going to scare you into changing. He, he, he is not moved that way. Secondly, I have a Bible. Good news. I found out from the Word of God that it's not going to happen that way. And that our future is not going to be disrupted by climate change, global warming. It's not going to be disrupted because of our SUVs or anything else. And I've got God's Word on it. You ready for it? Genesis 8. Is our planet going to become uninhabitable if we don't act now? If you don't plant a tree for every trip to church. Acts, uh, no, Genesis 8, verse 21. This is right after the flood, Noah's flood. 8, 21. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. Verse 22, ready? While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Good news. Everything's going to be all right. Good news. The Lord told us we've got his word on it. That going forward, while the earth remains, we're still going to have seasons, aren't we? I'd be happy with just summer, but I'm going to go with the word. (laughs) Summer and winter. Stacy wants it all winter. Not going to happen, sorry. (laughs) Summer and winter. What's going to happen? Cold and heat. Not going to happen where everything just is hot permanently not going to happen where we could just go into ice age somewhere predicting that we're about to enter a new ice age nope not going to happen both summer and winter cold and heat these are what we have to look forward to seed time and harvest that means crops will still grow this climate will not be dramatically altered so where are we're not able to 
create produce and, and, and grow food and uh, the population is going to starve as a result of it. Just not going to happen. Say, but the new study shows, but the Word of God says. And He is able to sustain this planet for as long as we are here. While this earth remains, this will be the case. So I am not going to worry. I am not going to be afraid. I'm not interested in some dramatic, huge policy changes that hurt the poor of our, of our world, that hurt people's lives uh, because we're so afraid that if we just don't change this, the planet is somehow going to die. Not going to happen. Amen. You know, I think people have overestimated some of their ability to hurt the earth. And they've overestimated their ability to fix it, too. And no matter how much we do, here's the deal. We're not going to break it, and we're not going to fix it. Ultimately, if we really want to get down to this, when it comes to the end, you can't save the planet. Must we sacrifice to save the earth? You can't save it. No use sacrificing. The planet will be destroyed. The planet will end. All right, let, let, let's, let's look at this from the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 1. The earth has a curse in it. Do we know that? The earth has, what we live in now, what we're experiencing, is normal to us. It's not normal to God. It's not the way things were supposed to be. We think, you know, hurricanes and tornadoes and, and earthquakes and famine and, you know, desolate places. Well, that's just part of the ecosystem. That's how things work. It's because the earth is cursed. It's because of sin in the earth. Do you know that it was not designed that way? And eventually, it's not going to be that way anymore. Do you know that there are going to be zero wrong? Nothing's ever going to break. Nothing's going to die. Your flowers are not going to wilt. Your trees are not going to turn yellow. And uh, everything's going to be alive. Everything's going to be, weather is going to be perfect all the time. Things aren't going to get dirty. Things aren't going to be corrupted. Your clothes aren't going to wear out. Things you buy, you ever had a nice shirt? You thought, I really like that shirt. A month later, you washed it a couple times, you know, and it's all dingy. And I got robbed on that shirt. That's bad material or something. That'll never happen again. Never. Everything will be nice. You won't have to clean. You won't get dust in the house. There won't be anything dirty. God's a clean God. Now, you do have to clean now. I heard at church we don't have to clean. No, no. Now you do have to clean. In the future, you won't have to because things will not break and get messed up. They won't fall apart. They won't get dirty. It's just... Things are going to be perfect. I don't think we fully realize, I know I don't, what it would be like to live in that. To live in perfection. We're going to find out though. Hey Amen. You going to be there? <laughs> I'm going to be there. Hebrews 1 and verse 10. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They 
what? The heavens and the earth. Now listen, listen to the language, heavens, not heaven. Not talking about the throne of God, planet heaven. Talking about the heavens around us, around the earth. They will perish. What's going to happen to the earth? It's going to perish. And the heavens around us, you know there was a satellite collision a few days ago? That's all going to be cleaned out too. Any pollution in the air, any kind of junk in the atmosphere around us, all going to be taken care of. It's all going to die. It's all going to perish. But you remain, they, and they will all grow old like a garment. What's wrong with our earth? Same thing's wrong with your body. (laughs) It's growing old. (laughs) What's wrong with the planet? It's growing old. What happens in, in this order of things, this order of how things are now, what happens when something gets really old? It dies. What's going to happen with the planet? It's going to die. It's going to perish. Like a cloak, you'll fold them up and they will be changed. God's going to come in here, fold it all up. But you are the same and your years will not fail. Look at Hebrews 12. We've got to know what the future holds. Got to know what's coming. Hebrews 12, verse 25. See then, or see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has made, uh, he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Amen. So what's going to happen? Well, again, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Everything that can be removed will be removed. Only eternal things will stay. Only eternal things will remain. It's important for us to know what's coming. Look at Romans chapter 8. I wanted to show you this in a number of different places. Again, so we can have our our beliefs established in the Word of God, not just upon the latest news story. We do not save the earth. It cannot be saved. And here's the other thing. It's not God's priority. He does have priority. You know what it is? It's you and me. And then the other parts of creation. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 19, it says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So in a manner of speaking, the creation, the earth, is waiting. What's it waiting for? For us to save it. Waiting for us to clean up our act and start behaving more responsibly towards it. No, it is waiting on something because it is corrupted. It is falling apart. There are bad things in the earth today. What's it waiting on? The manifestation of us. When we come into full manifestation, it gets fixed. He said, for the creation was subject to to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. 
Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That means when we get our brand new bodies made like and under the glorious resurrected body of Jesus, when, when we get the full manifestation of all that is ours in salvation, then the earth gets something too. But it's waiting on us. You are God's priority. You are God's main focus. He wants you to be taken care of. And then the earth comes next. It's important to have our priorities right, isn't it? He goes on to say, uh, help me. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. And so there is a day coming when things will be fixed, when things will be changed, things will be put into order, but it comes in order. First God's people, then the rest of creation. And everything's waiting, waiting, waiting for you to come in full manifestation. Praise God. Aren't you looking forward to it? I tell you what, looking for that new glorious body. No pains, no creaks, no uh, anything, anything that hinders you anymore. Uh, no zits, no, no gray hairs, baldness, uh, <laughs> uh, whatever else slows you down. Or whatever else that's been a hindrance. It's all going away. New and glorious body. And it's going to last forever. A million years from now. You know, in, in the NFL, I mean, the football players get in their early to mid-30s and they start calling them old. Don't they? <laughs> He's 35. <laughs> He's at the end of his career. Isn't that sad? <laughs> so you realize they take a punishment. They take a beating in that, in that profession. And uh, think about it. 35 million years from now, you'll be just as strong as the day you get your brand new body. Nice. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 3. We want to finish up over here. But before this happens, we have to realize this. Before we get changed, before the earth gets all fixed and all, you know, even the great Pacific garbage patch gets cleaned up and uh, all that stuff, uh, and I'm all for that being gone Uh, before that happens we should be aware of this that it's going to get worse and don't be afraid but here's the deal there's nothing you can do about it no amount of curbing your behavior or activity will change this it is a matter of thus saith the lord and it will happen What's going to happen? Let's read 2 Peter 3, verse 3. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of His coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Why would people in the last days scoff concerning the message that Jesus is coming back? It's because people are talking about the fact that Jesus will come back. That's one of the things that we're to do in the last days. 
not only Jesus loves you, died on the cross for your sins and so forth, was raised from the dead, he's coming back, coming back to get us, coming back soon. That's a part of our message. That's why some people scoff. They think, yeah, it's always been this way. It's always been the same way. This is not going to happen. He said, for, they, for this they willfully forget, people have forgotten this, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in water by which the world that then existed be, uh, existed perished being flooded with water. What's it talking about here? Talking about Noah's flood, right? The whole earth was flooded. We get a glimpse of what it was like before that. Somehow, see, I don't think the, the oceans were so big back then. How I many know we have a whole lot of water on the planet? Where did all that water come from? It used to be up in the air. The earth was standing in and out of water. Again, I can't explain that fully, but it sounds like there was water around the earth. It all came crashing down and came up from the ground, and there was a great flood. He said, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire. What? Fire. Until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. People are concerned about warming. (laughs) But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years... As one day the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass with a great noise. Something's going to happen in this earth and in the heavens around us, and it's going to be very, very loud. Maybe your alarm clock sounded real loud this morning. It's going to be louder, and it's going to be all around the whole globe. There's going to be a huge noise. When you hear that, something's up. It'll pass away with a great noise. And the elements, what are they going to do? Will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Wow. They're going to be burned up. How many know there's... More of a problem coming than the earth heating up a little bit. Not going to heat up a little bit. Going to heat up a lot of bit. Not just going to get warm. Going to melt. Global melting (laughs) is coming. That's what we have to look forward to. Now, I I don't think we're going to even be here to witness that. We're going to be out of here. But that's what's coming to the planet while it remains we're good to go while it remains hot and cold summer and winter and and seed time and harvest they're going to keep going it's going to be here it's the planet will sustain us as long as we're here but then there is a time coming that could be sooner than we might think time coming the earth is going to melt there's going to be fire. There's going to be a huge noise. And there's going to be an end of all things as we see it and as we know it today. And we must, because of these things, you go on to read. He talks about, he talks about people being diligent, uh, being without spot and blameless. When you talk about end times, what should you do? Look at yourself 
and say, I want to remain focused, my eyes on the prize, I want to keep my walk with the Lord in intact and in place, it's my own heart that I need to be concerned about, not necessarily giving my life to the planet. It is, it is at this time when we know how things are going to end that we need to look at our own lives and say, what is our focus? I know God's heart. I know what He's interested in. I know He's interested in people. He wants lives changed. God so loved the world. That's the people in the world that He gave His only Son. And it's what should be our focus as well. You know, there are people that you see daily. You see on the job or around your work or uh, around your home, wherever. Do you know the Lord loves them just as much as He loves you? Do you know that Jesus gave His life so they could know Him? So that they could be free and be forgiven of sin? It's the very reason that He came. We should have that same mind, that same heart. That same heart where we're looking, what can I do? How can my smile affect somebody else's day? How, how, How can my understanding of God, that He's a good God and He helps people and he saves and delivers and, and blesses people. How can I communicate that with somebody else? I'll tell you what, a lot of it is a kind word. It's a smile. It's being there to help. It's giving someone some money. It's doing something very practical to say, my God is a good God and he loves you. That's, that's what the Lord is thinking about. That needs to be our focus. You can't save the planet if you try. But you can sure be a tool in God's hand to save some people. And that's the whole reason Jesus came. Let's keep our eye on the ball. Come on now. Let's let's keep our focus right. Let's keep the heart of God and let it be our heart. And and, and let that motivate and drive us in this world. And not be sidetracked. And not even fall into the very real reality of people exalting the creation over God which actually becomes a form of idol worship. Amen. Let's stand on our feet this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we just do thank you today. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing on this planet with your people we refuse to fear we refuse to be gullible but Lord we do take you at your word and we thank you that you're leading us and directing us in the way that we should go Father thank you for all the people that you've placed within our lives Lord lead us as to what we should say and what we should do so that the people whom Jesus died for might be saved, might come into a relationship with you. Lord, thank you for touching hearts and lives all around this city and all around this valley, but touching them through us. Lord, I thank you that you're doing a work in our hearts, helping us to see clearly and accurately what we need to focus on 
give you all the praise. Father, I do pray as well today for those who have come who are not saved.